0: right mm-hmm. What do What you, What you, What
1: checking out this episode of the Refined Line podcast. Today I have on the great and powerful Tim Cromer. We focus heavily on fantasy football on this podcast and the NFL, but Tim is the data and analytics guy of my friend group. We also get into how he's consuming sports in the 21st century, how this has changed over the last five years. We talk a little MLB, get a tribe update for you Indian fans out there. We also talk NBA bubble, what he likes, dislikes, who's going to actually win the NBA championship. We get into the NFL division breakdown, who's going to win each division, who is going to be successful in the playoffs and ultimately win the Super Bowl. And then what everybody wants to talk about, fantasy football, redraft or dynasty, one QB or two QB. What are some simple mistakes people make and ultimately how he goes about roster construction. Tim is normally in all my leagues that we play together. I think we play in three different ones. He is normally near or at the top and very, very competitive every single year. He gives some tips and insights about how he uh, goes about doing that and winning titles. So, as always, if you uh, enjoy this episode of the podcast, please like and subscribe. Uh, We are everywhere podcasts are heard. Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and without further ado, here's Tim Cromer, and we're live. Welcome, buddy. What's up, dude? Nothing, man. How are we doing?
0: Uh, You know, just uh, (laughs) shaking off the cobwebs. Oh, yeah, I bet. You know, 31 years on this uh, earth, and uh, first podcast here, so...
1: I like it. You've, uh, one of the first things I wanted to ask you is actually leading into what you just said about podcasting, you... And my and our friend Miles are probably two of the early subscribers to podcasts. You guys, I feel like all the way back in the day of the Grantland days with Bill Simmons, amongst probably some other ones. What got you into the, what got you into podcasts? I mean, I feel like you've probably close to a
0: decade now. You guys have been, yeah, a, that's uh, that a, what was don't... the first one I guess you got into? So you were right with Grantland. Um, I think actually a funny thing that got me into podcast was having to work a normal job. Uh, <laughs> so it started at, uh, Worthington when I was, I think that was a senior year or like right after. And it's like, okay, I can't be like always on grantland.com. I need something that's like passive. And yep. so that definitely opened the door. Um, I want to say, I can't remember if he had cousin Sal on at that point, but obviously, you know, the consistent I was uh, so late on cousin Sal by the way oh he's incredible (laughs) he's awesome yeah um I'd say the consistent like just source the reliability of like yeah with you know talking about him and Sal it's like all right Monday morning I know on my way into work I have like something I can rely on I can you know vent and uh you know get the outside opinion of how the Browns just fucked up the day before so (laughs) that was that was a that was a comforting feeling going into work that I really didn't want to do for a place that I really didn't want to be at so
1: and you kind of got used to them. I, for me, when I started listening, I think Rogan really got me into it, but I was really late. I didn't get into it pr- till about three, four years ago. Um, But for me, it was kind of like, I, I like radio. I like Sirius XM a lot, but for me, it's kind of just all the same in a way. Like it's, I don't know how to say it, but it, it basically kind of got dull and... A lot of the podcasting information that I was, I feel like listening into, you could absorb it for longer than that 15 minutes and then, oh, we got to go to a commercial break type thing. I could go for two hours of a topic I was really into or a guest I was really into. And I, uh, I really kind of, it, it really. Instead of a lot of people actually shaping the narrative, at least with Rogan, he lets you kind of, you know, he, he puts the information out there and then you as the guest can kind of absorb it how you want to, which I liked. And, you know, guys like Bill Simmons and others that have gotten really, really big into it, I feel like have uh, really kind of embraced that and taken that out on, on their own. Yeah, so,
0: I'd say, yeah, Bill and then uh, uh, Zach Lowe. Um, low Post? He, he is, like, by far my favorite. Like, I was just talking... Uh, with our friend T-Bay uh, about, because he's got like 50 podcasts queued up uh, every day. And Does he? I'm, I'm, I'm almost the same way, especially now during quarantine. Um, but Zach Lowe is like the one guy that no matter how many I have queued up, he's always going to the top for that reason, <laughs> like like Rogan, of just like, okay, I know that he's just going to give me everything to both sides of this, whatever. It's a transaction, a playoff series, whatever it might be. He's always going to give you all the info and yeah, he'll, he's a little, uh, he's, he's very dry humor, but, uh, he's, he's a good, good entertainer despite the fact that he is just like, so like data and you know, he watches a lot of film. He's, he's so driven in terms of providing you the information, not just trying to tell you a story, but he also tells you a story along the way. So kind of what you were saying.
1: Well, that kind of feeds in. I like the low post too. I like his podcast. He was on Grantland too, back in the day. Yeah. But I feel like that kind of feeds into your personality too because you are, your family um, is very analytical and you like data and, you know, absorbing it and then kind of, you know, whatever the answer is, the answer is, but you like actually studying it, graphs, all the above. Um, shout out to Joe. Shout out to Joe. My first question for you actually was going to be a joke and why are you never satisfied? And this kind of goes into that, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's cool. So would you, you would say Grantland... Um, Low, all the, all those guys were kind of the first guys that really got you into podcasts back yeah. in the day. Cousin th- Sal.
0: So. That was so that was when I was here in Columbus, then moving up to Cleveland. I remember the basketball Jones, they're now no dunks, and uh-huh. they were the starters for NBA TV for a while. They were still in Canada at that point, and it was something that Joe sent me just randomly out of the blue, and they did theirs daily, and they were so fucking funny because <laughs> they were on thescore.com, which I think was like Maybe it was like a subsidiary of like Bleacher Report or something along those lines where it's like okay. we really don't care what you do, just don't like, you know, drop any bombs. Like just just be yourself. And so they were just so fucking funny. And it was like it was only audio driven and they they catered their entire No setup. video, just audio. Nope. Just just audio up front. And they had like everything set up for just podcasting and it was so like raw and so funny. They're still really funny now, but sure. they're, they're older. They, they have a lot more to lose than they did. The wow factor is gone. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, I get what you mean.
1: I feel and it's really cool because podcasting has really the last 10 years obviously taken off. I think middle 2000s there was some kind of like i don't know i wonder what the first podcast ever was that was created i don't know the name of it i've kind of done my own little research on it but um i know rogan was just kind of he obviously has the most popular podcast in the world i believe but he took it to a whole nother level i think when he started in about 2009 but i think they started coming around maybe 04 05, very slowly
0: yeah and then actually then, i was gonna say it might be Howard Stern might have been really early, and Corolla. I know they both do, obviously, the radio is what the, drives yeah. it, but I know they were really early on podcasts, too. So that might have been. That's cool. Like
1: that. I mean, anything Stern touches, Corolla, too. But yeah. Stern, especially, that guy is just made of gold mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. he. Uh, I mean, what's he making? A buck fifty mil a year? Something like that. I mean, just insane. It, so much money, you don't even, it doesn't to, even matter. To talk. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> to talk. <laughs> a, exactly. And he says things that everybody wants to say. That's the funny thing about how much money he's made. So uh speaking of Cleveland though MLB you've been uh, locked in I know the Indians started a little slower this has kind of been a weird year for baseball I wanted to kind of get your take we'll start here but I want to get your take kind of on sports in general have you been consuming it the same way you always have I know you were uh, you were obviously in law school much the last four years just finished up and this has kind of been a weird year and that you actually have some time to breathe you know what I mean so you get to kind of get back into the dance a little bit you don't have to do homework all night or the next morning wake up um you know for class or go to work obviously and pair that in but uh how do you view the sports world right now have you been consuming NBA MLB you know NFL's
0: coming up where, where do you kind of stand um well I feel really weird because like everything is on my phone which like if you would have told me that I mean, they, ev- everyone said that like five years ago, like, oh yeah, you're just going to be, they're just gearing up for, put all this money into apps. Like, you know, don't forget the broadcast, but like really it's just what's on your phone. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Like no one's ever going to do that. And then I here, thought that too. Same here way. I am like the exact same way where it's just like, uh, well one I'll, you know, borrow mom's lock in on Fox sports app, yep. and stream the, stream the Indians from my phone. Like, cause we, we don't have a, anything like cable related. So I'm just yep pulling everything off my phone or bootleg sites. It's like okay, well, well, that, that's real different. And then uh, NBA, like there's, if you follow the right like crowd, so to speak, if you know the Zach Lowes, uh, Nate Duncan does a daily podcast. Like if you're in that, if you fall enough of that inner circle, you can basically like watch the game just by having Twitter up because mm-hmm. there yep. there's the instant. Um, Updates. Replays, updates, like, oh, so-and-so, like, limped to locker room. And NFL's been doing that for a while. But, like, I feel like NBA, like, really leaned into that, especially during quarantine. So it's funny. My, my average night is really stream the Indians and watch that and then be on my phone and just, like, follow not really play-by-play but pretty damn close for basketball. And if uh, the game gets close enough or it's a one of those like, can't-miss matchups, I'll, I'll throw that up on the TV as well.
1: So. Nice. And you and our other friend, Bush, are the two biggest – I feel like, I don't know, biggest, but most committed uh, Indians fans that I know without question. That was me, so don't no, worry yeah, about it. I was going to say, that's <laughs> down. Yeah. Nope, you're good. And uh, I I love how you both, you you especially though, are always locked in the Indians games if they're on. I know we only get 60 of them this year, but it helps i i bet and uh it's just two months worth but you guys no matter what four or five six days a week always have the game on it doesn't matter what's really oh yeah on. and yeah
0: having that that group chat of of bush like oh shit like the indians are on i totally like blanked on that like yep. i'll get the random like carlos santana I guitar yeah. or whatever yeah i love that or fuck Borowski or whoever it is you'll too. be ribbing us and it's like oh shit yeah the indians are on i gotta go tune in so um that so, yeah. the reds
1: uh bullpen are always yeah. fan favorites here at yeah. 600 that they are <laughs> <laughs> um so you said right now you're y- you are locked in but you're consuming it more on your phone more than anything oh yeah for sure i can relate to that too cuz i feel like 5 years ago i was like there's no way like you got to have cable you got to have that i mean there's no way you can just stream and i'll be honest like and this has happened to me so many times since i've i guess been an adult but spectrum just bent me over and, you know, fucked me like they do and do it. Everybody after a while, like everybody's experiences out there at some point in time where your bill goes from like a buck 25 with internet all the way to like two eighty And you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So they finally did this to me. and I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Like I, I need to try streaming. I've ripped it for years and I finally just tried YouTube TV. It's like six, I think it's $60 a month, roughly 65. Maybe. I mean, no contracts too they can't raise your price
0: unless you agree to it type yeah, thing and that's that's the big thing because like direct yeah. tv is like better it's just a better experience but yeah if you ever just want to get out you can't you it's can't. 20 bucks to cancel and it's like oh, fuck i'm stuck so. i know yeah they they got you by the balls yeah all the time so um but that's yeah, cool though but yeah you're saying uh the phone thing i'm um so that's what i'm doing right now but then obviously this is first nfl weekend i don't know about you but I've actually watched like almost all Sundays just on the like on my phone because the Yahoo yep. uh, app you can watch it in there. I never for knew free. that actually. Yeah, nice. So I think they do. You can watch
1: NFL games on the Yahoo app. Yeah, nice. They do You'd both? Do
0: I think they do both of the um, national broadcast games. So like you know especially here in Columbus like we have the weird like Cincinnati Pittsburgh Cleveland divide and it's like well they're just going to throw on like whatever's the best game it's not always going to be the Browns so you can sure sometimes you can find like the alternate game in different places uh so I'll have one on my phone and I'll you know get out bust out the old bunny ears and uh, watch the other one on yeah. tv so and then yeah that rolls right into Sunday Night Football which is again on my phone streaming that and throwing up on the tv so yeah it's from, well, you know, having lived with Kelly, I think that was yep. what, like four or five years ago, we had, yeah, DirecTV, Time Warner, NFL Package, Full like all everything, that stuff. Of course. And now it can be any more different. So. Yeah,
1: I bet. Well, I mean, when you're, we were in our mid-twenties when you were living with Kelly or even, we were all consuming all that stuff. And we, I still do, like, I'm a junkie with that. I think the, I honestly think one of the most revolutionary things that's come out in sports uh, over the last decade, and one of the things I enjoy the most for about 17 weeks is NFL Red Zone. I'm just first six hours seven whatever it is it's scott hansen and commercial free <laughs> nothing but score you know what i mean it's i i love it uh part the other part of the reason why i, I went to youtube tv is they have
0: uh red zone now which is awesome that's clutch yeah cause it's huge used to just be uh just direct tv and then i think you could get it but it wasn't hansen i remember yep there I was don't like a you guys came over. I ah, forget what that guy's. I can picture him. Uh, I never I, watched
1: I, that one. I've never seen it, but I've heard horrible
0: things. <laughs> but yeah, it was so funny because you guys were talking about how much you loved Hanson. I'm pretty sure I asked if you guys wanted to come over one Sunday, and you guys knew that I didn't have direct TV anymore. <laughs> You're like, yeah, no thanks, because we're not watching not Hanson. It's
1: yeah, like, we gotta gotta, gotta have Scott. He's yeah. uh he's a namesake at this point, but without question, uh, Red Zone has become extremely revolutionary in terms of the watch i'm really interested in terms of the nfl and this is all sports but especially nfl baseball would be huge too with this is i think one thing that college football really nails and does right is every single game you can watch now it doesn't matter if it's the pac 12 you know they're all over the uh i mean there's tons of channels obviously but if you have cable or now if you have you know youtube tv you can watch every single game. It doesn't matter if it's Washington state versus BYU or whatever it's, you can watch it all. And I think the one thing the NFL has really kind of come to grips with the last couple of years, just based on stuff that I've read, but also, you know, growing up with it the last 31 years, um, both of us is all we can watch is the local game. Uh, unless, you know, now you have red zone, you can watch the scores, but if, you have fourteen and one Baltimore Ravens versus the fourteen and one Los Angeles Rams. We don't get that game if it's a one o'clock game, unless um, Fox wants to actually show that or CBS wants right. to show that. We don't get any say in that. So I think one thing the NFL might start doing in the next couple of years. I think the actual. Uh, it's not red zone. What's the package they have with DirecTV? That's ticket, uh, Sunday yep. ticket, yeah. That runs through like 2022 or 2023. Your board, John Taffer. You it is know Taffer. That. I know. I do need to, <laughs> but uh, I think once that actually comes to fruition, I think they're going to start showing every single game because they realize how the demand for it. I think 25 years ago, they still thought it was pretty much a regional.
0: Yeah, it's product, weird because like they have that kind of set up with uh, with March Madness. Of, like, you know, the the sister companies, they have, what, the four or five channels that play every single game. It's like, okay, look, yep. I get that, like, you know, it's CBS and it's Fox, but, like, okay, you guys own a boatload of other channels. Just put it on that. You would have people watching all the time.
1: And what makes the NFL so popular right now? What, what do you think is the one thing? Well,
0: gambling, for sure, and fantasy.
1: Fantasy I mean, and gambling. Com- combine them, yeah. Without question. And I would even say right now fantasy is kind of the leading factor because everybody – it's one of those things that's like Market Madness that – all any Joe Blow does, you could be uh just a general guy who doesn't care about sports and you're likely gonna do a fantasy league.
0: And you can be grandma exactly do fantasy now. Yeah. Exactly. Especially because again, everyone's on your phone. And that's I think, yeah, that like seamless transition. And again, I just sound like all the people that like pumped that like into our veins like five years ago and like, no, that's bullshit. But it's so true. It's like, no, I can go from my fantasy team to the game back to like Injury updates in, like, two clicks, and I, like, won't miss a beat.
1: So. Without question. Uh, and I think fantasy, but the betting too, I think that's a large part. Fantasy has led into why Goodale has gotten a lot softer on it. I would say Adam Silver's embraced it, the betting aspect oh, yeah. of sports, without question. I actually saw today that the Colorado Buffaloes are the first school in college to actually be sponsored, or being, I think it's sponsored by a uh, betting website. I think it was FanDuel. So just today I read. That's a smart move. I Very agree. Smart move. Oh, there's, there's so much money to be made with it instead of thinking that kids are going to fix games
0: and all this and that it's, you know, there's so, you can make so much money <clears throat> Well, yeah, a school. I was going to say that and so. you're, you're now ahead of the curve because like, yeah, you're going to have to put additional resources to compliance and whatever nature that's going to like, you know, however that's going to take shape, but like Absolutely. you are, you are going to be the ones to kind of feel your way through like that first version and when it comes to the second version, you're good to go. You have all like a lot of that stuff's already in place. You've already like done the stress test on that. Yep. Like they're they're going to be re- they're going to be ahead of the curve. And then yeah, it's just another revenue source. You get better facilities. It's just like you know, it just keeps. It's a snowball effect. So
1: remember Al Harrington. Gets NBA, buckets. NBA legend. Oh yeah, still strokes. I think it was a three on three. He's still balling like last year. But Al Harrington, this is a perfect kind of. Uh, example into what i'm talking about is he actually got very much into medical marijuana like three years ago and i think he bought like 25 stores or something like that for like 15 million dollars and i read an article on him about six months ago and he's worth like 500 million now yeah and growing like he's he's like i'll probably sell it when it's about a billion i'm like okay (laughs) you just i don't even the amount of money you've made with those things because they're just money printers there's so many people that are uh, into them. And I think he has them out in California or something like that. And he's just raking in money. So, yeah. but th- what I'm trying to say is the first mover advantage, like with Colorado um, and the medical marijuana, you're just y- the amount of uh, alpha revenue, whatever you want to call it, is uh, kind of limitless. So, but uh, I want to talk to you. So, we're going to talk a lot today about um, fancy football. But before we do, I want to pick your brain a little bit on uh, so MLB first. The Indians, what I th- last time I saw, I think they were nineteen and twelve. Or are they, how are they doing now? Twenty-five and
0: fifteen, I think. Maybe okay. twenty-six and fifteen.
1: You guys were pretty, uh, pretty upset with them to start. Have they been
0: obviously yeah, doing yeah. a much better? What's what's the what's the deal been on the tribe? They were hitting like a bunch of to quote my brother, a ball players. <laughs> they were just they they were trash to start off the season. Uh, luckily, Fran Mill Reyes, uh, twenty-six and fifteen. Sorry, tied for first with the White Sox. There you go. Uh, Framil Reyes. I don't know if you know who that is. Don't
1: know Framil Reyes. He's, uh, I'm so tuned out with baseball. Yeah, you, no, know I, that, I you know that. I hear you. Yep.
0: But he is a gigantic man. Uh, basically like the Indians version of Judge. Okay. He's like 6'5", like 250. Mashes. Easily. He's humongous. Yeah. And uh, they got him last year. And he did okay. But this year he's like really come around, especially in the last like, you know, 21 days or whatever it is. So Does he, Joe love him like he loves Albert Bell? Uh, there's there's no such thing as love <laughs> like Albert Bell. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Franny's good. Uh, Francisco Lindor's obviously still, like, one of the best. What
1: are they going to do with Lindor? Because
0: is this contract after next year, right? After next year. Yeah, which sucks because, like, you lose, you know, this this year you're thinking it's 160 games. 160 games yeah. Or you get to trade them at July 31st, and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, the team acquiring will, you know, want to pay – a decent Course. amount for the end of what would have been a real 2020 season. And Course. now that's the whole 2020 season. It's like no one's trading the farm for 30 no. games of Lindor. So, uh, so yeah, they're going into next year, uh, if they get the, you, they have to move them. Yeah, you they think. do. They do. Cause I, they don't have the capital. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean,
1: it's the worst part about baseball with some of these guys. Yeah, they. I was I mean, going to say Machado. That's why I don't
0: even. Yeah, yeah, you're not on our uh, our Indians fan fan chat. Only Bush is. Uh, he gets left out of that one, unfortunately. Maybe <laughs> we should bring him in. But yeah, we're on a, a just an Indian centric one. And holy crap, the the amount of Dolan bashing because of the Lindor. Just like everyone sees the writing on the wall, and despite like two years of warning, like nothing is happening to get. You know, ahead of it or yeah. change course of direction. It's like, all right, well, we already can't afford him. We knew that like literally after like year two of him on the team. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, I I think they'll probably trade him if they get a Mookie Betts type haul where they they don't have a bad contract to give up like Pierce uh, Price, excuse me. But, uh, you know, if they get top-line talent like Verdugo and someone else like that back, like, I guess I see it. But, God, it just it's sucks. A, it's
1: such a no-win situation, though, for Dolan because the devil's advocate to that is, look, I have this stud. How often do the Indians get an everyday player like that? I mean, th- the Indians have had, actually had quite a few great players, I would say, the last 20 years. But, I mean, Lindor has got to be the best everyday player maybe since Manny. I don't know. Give me another name.
0: Um. Yeah, not – yeah, on on what their actual career yeah, path yeah. was. Career I would say it would have been Grady, but obviously we all know what happened. Yeah, that,
1: that, so. that happened. All right, but um, yeah, RFP for sure. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a delicate balance because my point is is like the Indians are twenty five and fifteen. There's only twenty games left in the season. What if they go and win a title? Then it was all worth it. You could get, lose him for nothing. You win a championship. Uh, what's the last Indians title? Forty eight. Forty yeah. eight. Yeah, I mean, they, there's no way you could not say that's worth it. You could lose him for nothing. He could walk after twenty twenty one. And you won a title, I mean, heck, that's why we play, right?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, that's the the LeBron thing of like, all right, well, you gave us the one and we're going to bend over backwards, do everything you can to keep him. And at the end of the day, when he's just like, looks around, is like, this ain't working. You know what? That sucks to hear. But at the same time, yeah, it was fucking worth it. Are you kidding me? Absolutely.
1: And I feel like most Clevelanders now and just general Cavs fans, we in Columbus, obviously, uh, feel that way. They're... If, if you're a diehard, you understand kind of why he left
0: and you're just very, very appreciative that you got a title, you know, it's yeah. You see the generational guys, not, not just like we have like the, you know, perennial all-star guy. That's one thing to have those guys on your team and let those guys go. Like, I feel like the bulls with like Zach Levine or someone like oh, that man. is just going to, it's going to be like that. And it's like, dude, this is not Zach Levine. This is like legit magic Johnson, Larry bird, like Kareem, like, the decade type guys, and it's like whatever happens on either end of that. If you get to go to the apex, okay, I you know. got to watch literally a ten years of like the best basketball possible. It's frustrating as shit when they lose, but hey, like it was so much fun. So.
1: I think a lot of fans, and I kind of fall into this sometimes too. Everybody does. You do. anybody out there does. Uh, we fall into this kind of um, mental game where we want our team to build a dynasty and always be improving. And when you're at the apex and you're in the finals every year, like the Cavs were in the final, was it three straight years? Four. Four. Four straight years in the finals um, versus the dubs. And when you're in the finals every year, you're at the apex, whether you win or lose. I mean, you are there. And uh, just getting that one title, it's so worth it at the end of the day, even though you literally had scraps at the end of it, kind of like the first time with Kyrie coming in the next year and all that. So – uh, speaking of the NBA, NBA playoffs, have you been locked in? What have you liked, not liked? What's your thoughts like on the bubble
0: generally, um, as well? What's uh, kind of your overall? Well, you are talking about how impressive Adam Silver was with Silver is with betting. Holy crap! The bubble, the fact that they pulled it off is amazing. I know it's been said a million times over over the last couple months, but it's if you would have said that like at the beginning of the year, like, hey, by the way, we're going to take what five months off and then transport. The teams that anyone gives a shit about and play the rest of the season out, you would be like, no, that's insane. That's never going to happen. So the, fact, I, yeah. the fact that they did that is amazing. Uh, so, kudos to them. Bubble is incredible. Uh, as far as being locked in, yeah, like I said before, like with the Twitter stuff, it's just like, I'm not, I'm not tuning into TNT for the six thirty. You know raptors whatever tip sure. it's like yep. i'll keep an eye on it if it gets kind of hairy at the end i'll i'll watch it for sure like yep. the uh the in game winner from a couple nights ago that was ridiculous yeah that was incredible don't know how you let him get open but whatever but yeah, yeah. brown just yeah. shit the bed yeah, yeah that too didn't hear yeah up. relying too much on an eight-foot man to deflect an inbounds pass
1: i am actually i have very similar thoughts in the bubble uh i obviously don't like the all the BLM stuff nonstop and just racial. I wish they would stop that, but it is what it is. But I am so impressed by the bubble and job Silver's done. It's been, it's almost in a way
0: like an awesome breakup from the traditional fan setting in a way. Yeah. You um, get the, it's almost like, I don't know. It's almost like a, like a fantasy league type thing. It or, is. It has
1: that feel. Yeah. It's like an arcade
0: game feel. Yeah. In that's a way. what I was going for. It's yeah. a lot
1: of scoring going on. Very limited defense. Miles was, uh, we were talking about this the other day on our group He's like bet every over. None of the unders are hitting because every game is uh is going way over. And it's it's true. I mean, these guys are uh they're scoring a lot. I think it's fun to watch. And the games have been really overall just very enjoyable to yep. me too. So it's
0: sucking all of that.
1: Uh okay, so we're rapid calls here, real quick. He close it out in five tonight versus uh
0: the ankless Giannis. Is he not playing? I haven't seen stuff for today yet. They
1: said he's a game time call, but he's expected to play.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the update.
1: Mm, Does it I'm matter good. if he plays or not?
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, they, I don't, they can't do that for the whole forty eight. I think he left like midway through the second last game. And middle, Middleton's one of those guys that can like kind of get you over the finish line, but he's not going to start to finish. So um. the, the Heat also, were, I think, kind of got lazy. Although, Mentally. Yeah, that too. Because yeah. they knew it was over. Although you know, I saw did see the Heat have like three guys that are questionable, and like any one of them, like Jay Crowder, no. But like if weird stuff happens and him, Tyler Hero, and a couple others like miss, like you gotta well, have those guys. Then you don't have your wall, which is what I was thinking about uh coming over here today. Like I know he's going to ask about uh, Miami and, Giannis, <laughs> and It's like yeah, the wall. Like they literally have so many six six to six nine guys that like yeah, no one's going to stop them at the rim because nobody can stop them at the rim. But if you know keep them from getting there. By basically holding hands and just like preventing him from getting in the lane, make the other guys beat you. Yeah, and you just keep throwing bodies at bodies and bodies. Like he's gonna either tire out or he's gonna get frustrated and start taking awful, awful shots.
1: Which he, I mean, that's basically what he's been doing. So, eight and five, or are we going six? Pick one.
0: Uh, I'm going six. I feel like Giannis has got the fu. He's got that in him. I like um, it. I like it. The, and plus, uh, he's he's shooting like. 20 percent from three i mean i think i feel like he's gonna keep taking those shots was gonna frustrate the hell out of people i think he might make a couple tonight and uh, extend that series if
1: he does make a couple i feel like every time i see it it really helps his game too side note about that series though i really enjoy watching the heat play basketball uh in the way they play it kind of reminds me we're i was talking about this uh doing another pod um with kelly they sort of play kind of like Euro basketball in that they always have they have somebody penetrating kind of like, um, uh, or kind of like it. It's you know Butler or somebody is kind of penetrating the lane and then dishing for three, a lot of ways. But the guys are very fast. They're all very very good shooters and they play like an open blend and it's really kind of fun to watch.
0: Yeah, and you have Bam to unlock the offense and the defense too. Um, exactly. Yeah, I feel like they're. <clears throat> they're like the much more fun version of what the Rockets like could be in terms of just like, all right, everyone can score, everyone can shoot. And you have like the one guy, maybe two that are just like, I'm going to run this at the point. Whereas like, obviously the heat do it in a much much more entertaining way. And then, you know, but they still have, they both have those primary secondary creators and then a bunch of guys that can just like, like the Eric Gordon's of the world, you know, they, the heat have like six of them. It feels like they do. And then they have Duncan Robinson, like the best shooter, of all time. He essentially. is <laughs> unbelievable. Like he, like
1: at Michigan, he was always good, but he has just turned into a totally, I mean, he's on another planet shooting the, this playoffs. I watched the one, the one game in the first round. Uh, and I think he made eight in a row in the first half or something silly. I'm like, what the hell? I remember Duncan Robinson at Michigan. He was, he was good, but this is just absurd. Yeah. So they, uh, they can stroke. That's for sure. Um, what uh okay next you got you got the do you have the heat ultimately winning the series though would you say
0: yeah i mean if you're staking me a 3-1 lead sure if you would have asked me that four 3-0. games ago i would have been like there's no fucking yeah yeah
1: okay uh lakers versus the beard who uh it's 1-1 right now
0: <laughs> who's winning tonight who's winning the series uh we'll go la in both both instances got uh, it it's funny i was out on friday for like the first time in like literally like six months um and shout i shout out coronavirus that's right uh I missed a couple texts about that series and about that game because this was Game One, and I'm like, I was like three hours behind, and the game was essentially over. And I'm like, oh, the Rockets have no chance; like, they have no one to guard LeBron and AD. And then, of course, you're just like looking at the box, we're like, uh, holy, hey, they're crap. down; like, you know, <laughs> they're gonna lose. So that was a uh, that's a little bit of an eye opener, but I, I, I'm still sticking with it. No one can guard anyone in that series because, like, the best like four players on either side on both teams, like. They have no one to match up like no one can guard James Harden, but then no one can guard LeBron or AD. So it's like I'll I'll take LeBron and AD somehow they're the better shooting combo Mm -hmm. between them uh, versus uh, Westbrook and Harden. But
1: uh, I think right now like LeBron is obviously still amazing, but I actually think the Lakers have two of the three best players in the league that are playing like I still think Durant, you know, we'll see how he is once he comes back, but. I think I really think Anthony Davis next to Kawhi Leonard are the two best players in the world right now and I think LeBron is like right there too but I think AD is not, not that it matters cuz LeBron is every bit one night better than AD and AD is better than another night but Anthony Davis is so unbelievable right now it's ridiculous to watch.
0: Well yeah especially going up against like God bless KJ Tucker him. but Ugh. That's that's the best. Like, no, like, he's just going to toy with him eventually. And his, so. his
1: defense, too, is so good. I mean, thou shalt not enter thy lane. He is unbelievable. Um, yeah, that's the thing but, is, you know,
0: Rockets don't really have too much defense to go. I mean, you know, Tucker and, uh, you know, even Harden down low, they do their job. But, like, man, if anyone gets by anyone, they have nobody to help out not even like not even capella you don't need a rim protector just like someone to help no one's fucking stepping don't, up like, on that like i team. think covington's the, the Probably, guy I don't yeah, yeah but they're fun to run i
1: think the i it's going to be very very close i think the series is going to go six or seven but i think the beards squad is uh a fun one my friend mentioned this too um in another podcast i did but i think the beard and their team and the way they're set up with daryl morey I think they're fun to throw a dice roll on because they don't have anybody over six six. I think I think Harden might be the tallest player, him or Covington. Covington, I don't know what six, the six, list six, six, seven. seven, but yeah. Sure. And it's just spread them out, and we are playing, not shooting nothing. We're shooting sixty threes a game, and we're either going to win or we're going to lose. But this is what's happening.
0: So, uh, yeah, you got the variance. It's seven games, and yeah, that's what uh, that's what in that group chat is like. Well, you know, if the Rockets. Just start hitting shots; they're gonna win. Of course, I didn't know they were doing that game one, but uh, yep. you're right. I mean, you just you don't need to do it all seven. You don't even you don't even need to do it five or six. Just four, and you're going so far to the extremes that you can look like one of the worst teams. The other three, and it won't fucking matter. It
1: mean it's meaningless. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, Nuggets, Clips. Who uh, who we like? Uh, I think Clippers up two one now.
0: That's correct. Yeah, uh, yeah because of what you just said, Kawhi is just unbelievable. He looks like Billy Madison in the scene where he plays basketball and uh-huh. then dodgeball when he goes ape shit. Like he just, yep. <laughs> I love that scene. He, <laughs> It's hard to describe like the way he just moves. He's just so committed to just, Oh, you think you guys are scoring, and you think you're going to stop? Like they had like that 12-2 run last night in like a blink of an eye, and he wasn't involved in every play, but you just like feel him on the court, no matter where he went, and that he, was so fucking impressive. He, he reminds me of Jordan.
1: He, they're both six six six. I think Kawhi might be an inch taller. I think six six six. Seven. But when he plays, you can. You you, like you said, you feel him on the court. Uh, Even just watching him, you're like,
0: "Holy cow!" Imagine playing against him. Oh yeah, well you can. Yeah, even if this guy takes him to the corner, it's like, okay, well we're just not gonna score on that half of the floor. And it's like, yeah, the Nuggets are they're good, but like they don't have. And Murray's been unreal, unreal. and Jokic is incredible. But it's also just like you can just sense like someone literally like crapping their pants because they're within ten feet of Kawhi, and they just. Don't want to have the ball, pass the ball. They don't want anything to do with it. And yep. like, if you can tilt the defense to half the side of the floor and leave him alone, it's just it's over. So. It is. I uh, I I've been
1: on record saying this the last few weeks, but I oh, basically all year I think the Clippers are the best team, um, top to bottom. I think they have the best player. If I was picking one, it's Kawhi right now. But I I really think the Clippers. They're going through what a lot of these championship teams go through, even though they haven't won one Kawhi has, which is the unique thing, is that they go through the motions sometimes so much that I think, and it happened this very last game. I don't know if you were watching or not, but they basically get to the point where they're bored, they're playing, they can score almost at will, but they're looking for a team to kind of strike fear in them to really bring out their better hoops, and that's what happened in the last game. I think the Nuggets were up like seven points or something like that with five six minutes to go, and then they just went bang, and yeah. it was over. They had no chance. The Nuggets did.
0: Yeah, it reminds um, me of some of the LeBron like test out series of like you know the Pacers on the Heat for all those years, yep, yep. and then while well, Pacers again on the Cavs. It feels like they'd always run into like one series like oh man, they like they really got to try. It. And like, it reminds me of the Heat back in the day because they they, they go they through nasty. that. They go through that, and it's just like oh right, when like shit gets really difficult, they've kind of you know, artificially put themselves through that, which like is probably nerve wracking as hell when they're, you know, only like tied high one to yeah. one, but it's going to pay such big dividends down the road. Um, so yep. yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I I think I'd like to see Harold get better. I know he had the, I don't know if he, if they actually said he, tested positive i know he missed a lot he, of had that, it. he had that thing with his grandma i don't know if he hurt himself or had tested I, positive and, yeah with, I think, uh, and then i think he got hurt too but i know he's still rounded into form so i think that would be that would be big for him but yeah i mean they're just so versatile with um i mean they can go all defense or almost all offense especially when harold's clicking so
1: yep i i completely agree there clips 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 are nasty i uh i think a I, I think everybody wants to see Los Angeles
0: versus Los Angeles too uh, in the Western Conference Finals. So who uh, I was gonna say shout out to to the nuggets though I wish this was next year. I wish Michael Porter Jr had one more year of just like, oh right, this don't is what your boy, the- bull, bull yeah (laughs) Uh, shout out to joe for that one too uh well yeah talk about his bubble uh, experience denver's loaded in terms of just depth yeah they uh they have a great dynasty team yeah i feel like they would be they are um i would feel like if uh if porter jr this wasn't his first experience like you know first round is one thing but yeah to go up against Kawhi, paul george like all those guys I think uh, I think next year, if they can really count on him, like yep. that team is going to take a leap and they're going to be really good.
1: He had a monster dunk last night too. That oh was, my god! Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, it was <laughs> insane. How cool that was. But I, I agree. I think Porter juniors. I mean, his you know horizon, his peak is just beginning. He's not even close to his peak. Sorry, his you know stardom is just beginning. He has top twenty five player in the league written all over him, in my opinion, in the next uh, couple years. So, uh, Dinos Raptors versus Seas. Uh, I believe the Celtics just won. They're up three two now. Uh, last game, you mentioned the uh, the dagger three pointer in uh, game three that would have put the Celtics up three zero if they covered it, but they didn't. So two one, now it's three two Celtics. What uh, what do we see from this series? Who wins the night too?
0: Yeah. Um, we'll go. Well, Ibaka might not be playing. It, it's kind of smokescreen. I in. saw that. I saw yeah, the thing was that uh, apparently anyone who does anything to an ankle wears a boot. So it's like, okay, literally he could have like a fracture or he could just like kind of roll his ankle, but you can't be tell fine. the difference. Yeah. So um, so I think if, if Ibaka is like truly out, it's not like the most important piece, but it is a piece on a team that doesn't have Kawhi anymore so everything that you take around the edges away from them uh I I don't really see them being able to make up for it so I'll I'll go Boston tonight
1: got it close mountain six I would say a Bach is a great mention because I was I wasn't even thinking that but I completely agree whenever I watch the Raptors Marcus All has had a fantastic career he's been a great player in the NBA I think he was a defensive player of the year one year uh, Memphis was always in it with him and Conley in terms of the playoffs and Western Conference but Whenever I watch them, I'm like, Marc Gasol is so over the hill now, and I don't understand how Abaka doesn't play 35 minutes a night. Abaka still gets like mid to high 20s, but end of the game, like Mark Gasol's in and Abaka's not. I'm like, how is Abaka not in the game? Yeah, He swats. He plays such good defense. He shoots threes well. I, just, I don't understand how Gasol has been playing
0: yeah especially against that team because it's know. usually you need the athleticism yeah it's tice or robert williams and like tice is going to be more active on the perimeter and robert williams can just like jump out of the gym so you'd Crazy think athlete. you'd think yeah. it'd be Ibaka, um but yeah the 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 celtics just stress the hell out of any conventional lineup because of all their wings i know so. and
1: they don't even have uh right hayward now. Yeah, yeah it still so.
0: is it, not that it doesn't matter but uh they're yeah their one through four is so fun to watch i completely agree I mean,
1: yeah, just Tatum is on another level now as well. Who's uh, okay? So with all this said, are you going? You said Celtics closing out, so you have the Lakers advancing, you have the Clippers advancing, yep, you have the Celtics advancing, and you also mentioned the Heat advancing. Who uh, who we have in the uh, NBA Finals?
0: And who's winning? So I know I just said the Celtics are going to win tonight. I feel like whoever wins that series is going to come out, uh, come out of the East. Yep. Um, I do love, like you said, we love Miami. I just, I was looking at what they've been able to do in the playoffs. I'm like, Jimmy Butler is so good, and they've been shooting so well. I just... Got to calm down is what you mean. Yeah, yeah. there's just something about my mind. Earth. It's like, I I mean, he shoots like barely 30% from three, and he's hitting like 40%. It's like, yeah, that, uh, that's going to catch up eventually. So I'm, I'm thinking C's Raptors winner will be the East and uh out of the west this is going to kill me uh to not pick lebron but i'll go i'll go clippers i think that's the smart pick
1: uh that's i mean they're the clippers are a the favorite they're i i looked a few days ago i haven't looked the last couple of days but the clippers i think were plus 200 lakers were plus 300 um to come out i know before the uh the series started the deer the bucks were uh i think like 4 or 5 to 1 but they're obviously no, they're not even close now. So I think that's the smart play. The Clippers, the Los Angeles, Los Angeles should be pretty good, in my opinion. I uh, I just it's hard to go against the best player in the series, who I think is Kawhi now, and he reminds me, like I said, of Jordan, and he reminds me of Heat Lebron when he was just at his apex. He just totally dominates the floor. Yeah. At this point in time. Yeah, I just so. don't
0: see. No one's gonna be able to guard him and George like LeBron Uh-oh. can, and LeBron can't guard him the whole game anyways. Like, there's a reason why superstars guard each other for maybe 20 minutes at most, like half the game at most. But really, yeah, it just comes down to the fourth. Like, if he's, he's 35, set, he's not. Yeah, he's if not you a young man. LeBron anymore. to be in front of Kawhi uh, the whole game. I mean, maybe he could do that, but he's gonna to be topping out at like. 15, 12 assists and like 10, reb- like he's not going to control the game. Like he would normally be able to, and they need him to control the game. Yeah. Without they, yeah. They got to so. They got to make it look a little bit better, but kind of similar to the uh, Cavs 15 run when they lost in the finals. And there's like, all right, LeBron, you touch the ball every play, try to keep games under a hundred. And yeah, you get high variance. LeBron could touch the ball every, t- every play. And honestly, like catching his breath on offense, even though he's the one driving offense, like, they need like everything to break right for them to come out uh in my opinion. So. I agree.
1: I was telling a couple of my other friends this. I actually I was like I actually think this is the worst LeBron James roster he's ever played with minus Anthony Davis. They that are was, awful. I forgot
0: my notepad. I, I yeah. wrote down some thoughts, but that was that was my Lakers note was awful. like this feels like we're watching those four Cavs teams, yeah. maybe even the first LeBron one of just like okay. You know who the top two guys are, and then there is, like, garbage. Nothing. Garbage. You got Zombie, Danny Green, Rondo, can't shoot. I mean, Alex Caruso
1: plays 20 to 25 minutes.
0: Yeah, I thought having Dele on the floor for 20 minutes was bad back in 15, like, 16. Like, this is... He won them. Was it game two, I think it was? That was, I
1: mean, (laughs) Dele try. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the roster is just garbage, too. And when you're older like that, you need much younger players, in my opinion, to really kind of mask you aging and i actually think the clippers have that they're just they're top to bottom they're so well built uh this year so so you got clippers versus celtics who's uh who's the champion that's gonna be i think that's gonna be actually a pretty good series if that if turns that out to happens
0: be. i was gonna say because just what's gonna you know trip up the lakers is not gonna trip up the celtics especially if they have a healthy gordon by that time like it's i'm not counting on him to be even a top four player for him i wouldn't either but if you have can score for 15, 20 minutes to get in front of LeBron, then yeah. So I'll, uh, well, you
1: won't, you won't have LeBron, right? You would have him, you have the Clippers.
0: Or you sorry. See? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Kawhi. yeah. So you'd have another guy like that. So, um, yeah, I, but then again, who is the best player? Like it's it, without still, question. It's Kawhi still. Kawhi. I and think say that. as much as Tatum's been making strides on defense, like, you know, adding up offense, defense between those two in in that matchup, like Kawhi comes out ahead on both sides of the ball. So I, yeah, I don't see anyone really being able to stop him.
1: So, you know what that series kind of reminds me of? Just popped in my head out of nowhere. It kind of reminds me of the 2011 uh, Heat versus the Oklahoma City Thunder when Re- Westbrook, Harden, and KD were still babies. They were, I mean, what were they? 22,
0: 23? I think. uh young. Yeah. KD would have been year four or five. So, yeah, 23, I think, was their oldest player. Yeah. Well, among among those guys. Yeah. Harden
1: was even – I think he was a year younger, obviously, than them. And I think Westbrook was the same age. But they were still – they were now turning into superstars. But they were still in their – you know, so young. And they hadn't – they hadn't – I think there, there's such a hill to climb. The only person that I haven't really seen climb that hill, he's just been there in a sense, uh, is Kawhi. And he's just always – they lost that first title of the Heat in the finals, obviously, But he was not really – he was good, but he wasn't like a – He's still very, very young, probably 20, 21. And after that, though, he's just been incredible. But I think you have to experience some form of like big loss on a big, big stage where the Celtics, they – I feel like the one year, two or three years ago, for first year with Tatum, they kind of um, overachieved. And then they obviously had the Kyrie year where they were just terrible last year, not good at all. (laughs) And then, um, you know, him and Jalen Brown, I think Jalen Brown's a year older than him, but is it 22, 23, same age? I think there's got to be a coming of, of, uh, you know, you got to experience something before um, you actually win it. And Kemba being there, though, I think gives them a very fighting chance. I was going to say,
0: that's that the big difference yeah. with them and the, the baby thunder. Without question. Was uh, who, what, Nick Collison? Was that the, the steadying veteran presence on yeah. that team? So Collison. Abaka was also there, too, and he was a baby. That's so true. So they yeah.
1: had... They had uh, that team was filthy, and if they could have kept all the talent together, but yeah, no, I think that that'd be a hell of a series, um, easy, easily a six seven game for me. But I'd go Clippers as well. Yeah. So, uh, all right, now moving into what I really really want to talk about today, uh, we got NFL football starting this week. I want to do a little bit of an NFL preview first, and then really talk about what everybody wants to talk about
0: and that's uh fantasy football so our, our rosters you know every, yep. everyone wants to talk about everybody else's uh, fantasy roster and that's always the most fun thing right
1: absolutely <laughs> quick preview real quick i want to get your breakdowns of basically each division then who wins the chip again um not again maybe it is again but who wins the chip this year and then i want to segue right into uh into fantasy so uh afc east who we got you're wearing it Oh, baby. Need it. One time. Yeah. He's I,
0: wearing the uh, Marshawn Lynch jersey, by be, the way, if you're on the audio-only version of this.
1: Peace mode. Ralph Wilson Stadium. Let's go. Uh, so you got the Bills. AFC East. Uh, AFC North. Who we got?
0: Uh, Ravens by a wide margin. I think so, too. But I will say, we'll get to the wild card teams. I think the AFC North might be, It's it <clears> could be the best division of football this year.
1: I completely agree with you. Uh, if it's not, it's right there um without question. They lo- I mean I actually think even the Bengals are going to be somewhat fun to watch uh this year. Um but the Steelers are going to be better with Ben back. Browns are loaded. In terms of talent, the Browns might have the most talent in the whole division. Without yeah, question. I'm
0: trying to avoid my homerism with I know. that pick. I, I can't pick them for the division uh, over the over the Ravens, but definitely in the especially with the wild card being three teams, like they are totally in the mix. Uh, with no
1: offseason I feel like having all the returning starters back too, and the success last year really helps. Yeah, so, for sure.
0: Uh, AFC West, who we got? Oh, Chiefs, baby. Without All, question. Yeah, that's – I was just looking at the lines coming over here. I think they're like minus 500 to win the division or something insane.
1: I I feel like uh, – I think I think that's an, an easy one to pick. I think the uh, Broncos are going to be a lot better. They're going to be pretty exciting to watch too. And they probably get in the playoffs, in my opinion, or be right there if they don't get in. But uh, Chiefs, it's very hard to pick. I mean, the Raiders are a dumpster fire. Uh, Chargers are – they actually have a decent roster, but they're kind of going through that QB change. So – I think uh I, I would agree with you there. Um AFC South,
0: who we got? I'm gonna go uh the man with fifty eight children, Phillip Rivers. Philip Rivers. Yeah. I, I like that. that's actually um, an interesting one. I think I, I I they might be the favorite right now. Um but I can't I would re- go
1: Titans if it was me, but I I I would I would say this is this division more than any division is the most paired with the NFC North is the most toss up in my opinion.
0: Uh yeah, especially if, if Gardner's like real. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that team is just they're just selling everything off. But Correct. you yeah. know, I mean, hey, if Fournette really is that much of a virus in the locker room and they really do love Minshew that much, like if they go six and ten, would that be like the craziest thing? And you know, know. The weird stuff happens in the AFC South, so
1: and the best player in the whole division's in Houston, I think, in my opinion. Uh without question. Duke um, Johnson D- Deshaun <laughs> Uh so that's interesting. I would I would go Titans. You you would go uh, Colts. I, I like that Colts, pi- yeah. I like that pick though. Colts are they got an incredible offensive line and very improving defense. So I could I could definitely see that. Um what we just do AFC West.
0: AFC South is what we just did. Yeah.
1: Uh NF- NFC East who we got?
0: Oh, Cowboys by like offense going to be nasty. Almost as much as the Chiefs in the AFC West. The Cowboys win the East. You think so? They're uh, yeah. they're loaded on on offense. They really are. Yeah, I mean their their two bottom feeders are are pretty rough in that division. Uh, And then Horrible. Philly, they have plenty of talent. But Rager going down, I think was a big loss. Yeah, You should be should be. I thought, saw just something pop up of uh, potentially week two already. But yeah, it's just weird that like already you're relying on like old man. uh, Deshaun, yep. you're hoping you get something out of all shaon because you didn't cut him. What's or going him on with on him?
1: I feel like nobody's expecting anything from him this year. Uh,
0: I think it's the Liz Frank again. Um, okay. So yeah, they were talking about put him on pup, which would have been the first six weeks. And apparently they're expecting him to play before that. And not only expecting him, but like right now they need him to, because big
1: time they got, um, I mean, they're two best JJ, 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 Oz, <laughs> um, uh, JJ, our second side. And then, uh, Deshaun, you're right about that. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, Goddard and Ertz are awesome, but like I mean, you're gonna have like one of the better offenses with your two tight ends being the number two, one and two targets. Like I love that for fantasy purposes, but for real football, I don't think that's gonna that's really gonna work out too well.
1: I do too. I'm I'm similar on you. I think it's hard to pick against the boys. I think uh Philly's kinda right there, but you're right, the bottom feeders. Although I do think Washington is gonna be a lot better this year than people think. I think they could you know, six ten, six and ten is definitely something that they could get to seven and nine, maybe. But plus, they have a lot of Buckeyes. How can you not root for them? I was In gonna say, of, yeah. are you hoping? Uh,
0: is that projection with uh, Haskins at the helm for, for it all is sixteen? Yeah, I like
1: saw that. Haskins like I think towards the last few games last year, he was doing a lot better. Um, he was very much struggling for a little for a while, but he looks absolutely. Have you seen him? He looks cut. He's down like thirty pounds. It looks like he's been doing like endless. Uh, hit workouts, um, with Tim McGraw down in the south or whatever the hell he's been doing. He looks incredible shape, uh, absolutely cut up compared to when he was at Ohio State or his first year in the pros. Like he's a little so, doughboy, but he yeah. was. You get, you get humbled real quick in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like going into high school when you're 14 and you're playing against 18 year olds or going into college. And obviously, in the, any, any level you move into, it's like, holy crap, a I got to get my, level. I got to get my shit together. Yeah. So, um, Okay, so NFC East, NFC South. Who Tom, we like
0: Tom, terrific man. I can't such a good division. I can't, I can't quit it. The offense, especially now with Fournette, is just like they're gonna score forty a game, probably. 35, yeah, um, and you know what? If they if they had their top two tight ends be their primary targets, I know they aren't. They're you know yep. they're like the fifth and sixth options, but they could do that too. Like I just think have like the world is as oyster as far as the offense goes. Like they can run out every personnel set possible and he's going to be smart enough to get everyone in the right position granted he's going to lose his shit about a hundred times oh yeah for sure this, this season because he's got all the new teammates for but, sure uh, but yeah i like like the gronk steadying presence the the safety blanket i don't think he's going to have to be the thousand yard 10 touchdown no. guy for them to be a good offense like the patriots needed him to be yeah they he's... just need him to be out there just be a threat. Uh, he OG. blocks so well too. Yeah. He's fifty-five balls, seven hundred
1: yards, seven touchdown type guy. Eight touch. He, it, it, it's crazy how the density and depth of the talent is on Tampa. They, yeah, he could play till he's fifty with those guys. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy the uh, the level of talent. But uh, I think for me, it's totally a coin flip between uh, them and the Saints. <sighs> I I. I can, I feel like I'm expecting at some point the Saints just have had so many good opportunities the last couple of years and haven't broken through. They might have a little lull. So I'm going to go Tampa as well. Uh, Matt Ryan, you you know, how many more uh, more bullets are in the gun? got It is
0: an even-numbered uh, year, though. He's, I know. Uh, he's incredible. He does like even-numbered years. You're right about he's that. like the San Francisco Giants.
1: 16 and 18. So, uh, yeah, that's that's, that's going to be a very fun division, though, as well. And then you also have Carolina, who's uh new coach. CMC's fun to watch. D. J.
0: Moore. I mean, they're it's that, that that's a really fun division in my opinion. And they're gonna the Panthers can't stop anybody, so they're actually gonna have to use all those uh, uh, weapons on offense. So yeah, that'll be there'll be a lot of uh, Scott Hansen reporting on the oh. NFC South this year. That's for sure, no doubt. Um, NFC West. Who do we like? Uh, okay. So sorry to our future basketball teammate here in the next twenty minutes, but um, I'm going against the the Niners. I'm going Seahawks. Wow. I I want. Wow. Mr. Unlimited because he Dangerous. Yeah. He's a freak. Um Lockett Metcalf. They have a stable of you know, no one's really great in that backfield, but shit, like they got just they'll just have bodies to keep throwing at people. Yep. Um, I like the fact that they have now like two or three tight ends that they can run out there with Olsen and Disley appears to be healthy. So uh and then obviously uh jumping ahead to uh defensive player of the year but uh Jamal, yeah. Adams, Jamal Adams uh I yeah hands down he's gonna just change that whole defense. So I,
1: he's gonna turn into kind of like a Morpheus version of Cam Chancellor and uh what's his name? Earl. Earl Earl, yep. Earl Pearl. He's he's so good. So uh I c- that's that's a bold pick. I like that pick. For me it's hard to go against the Niners. I think I would still pick the Niners, but I think it's going to be a very very close call all year. I think the Niners are going to regress. Um I think 12 and 4 wins that division and the other team is 11 and 5. So um but I think all teams in that division are going to get a little bit. I mean, I think Arizona is going to get better um as well. Their offensive line still is god awful, but they got more weapons. I think uh, it's fair to expect a little bit more improvement from tyler yeah yeah i um, was gonna
0: say outside of afc north that's my favorite division Uh, and not just not just like how good they are but just fun to watch because every single team is so different i know and uh they are all entertaining in their own right so completely agree uh okay so we picked that who's the champ this year who we got um we're gonna go we're going chiefs you said again which was funny because you didn't know i was picking that but yeah, uh, we're going. We're going. The Chiefs uh, loaded from from head to toe, keeping pretty much everyone. I know they had the offensive lineman opt out. Uh, they had to rejuggle a little bit, but they're just they're so good. Every which direction un- you look, so. they're
1: unfair, and they got the best player. By
0: I mean, they have Michael Jordan. So, yeah. but yeah, give me them over Sorry. over the Cowboys. I think. Uh, again kind Boys, of i like it okay. kind of similar offensive structure um in terms of just having just weapons galore um uh, my boy blake jarwin sorry bush never trading to you love blake jarwin um i mean again if he's your fifth option on offense you'll you'll be doing some pretty big things so
1: i completely agree how much money does dak prescott get if he somehow
0: wins a super bowl with the niners this year um he is gonna write
1: any contract he wants
0: Yeah, probably. Uh, He probably (laughs) would get more because I know that that Mahomes – well, because he doesn't have the rookie year like Mahomes does. So, like, that guy factored into the whole extension with him. He's going to be starting with this franchise number and going way up. So, he's got to be number one. Especially if – I mean, if all that happens with – I mean, if they make it to the Super Bowl, he's probably MVP or at the bare minimum, like, top three. Yep. And if you're a top three MVP guy – coming up for a contract you're gonna get that kind of money so
1: i agree you're uh when you get franchised and you're actually really good i think that most people are are really good but when you're kind of in his realm of being a quarterback and he's 27 i think something like that and you can kind of still progress or see the fact that he's going to probably be their quarterback uh or a starting quarterback in the nfl the next seven eight years 10 years minimum you can kind of get really fancy with your contracts because I think the next year it's like 38 and a half million is the franchise number and then the year after that it jumps to like 53 million. So you can the, the starting negotiating number after this year if he does win a Super Bowl or gets anywhere near that is that 53 million in my opinion. Like he might not get all of that, but he's going to get at least in the mid 40s kind of like Mahomes.
0: Yeah, I think they'll so, they'll have to figure out what they're going to do with uh, the salary cap stuff just because I feel like it's going to be really hard to do that kind of like just groundbreaking deal with the uncertainty. But if they come to some agreement on how they're going to smooth the cap or, you know, artificially inflate it, whatever, as soon as they like figure that out, Dak's probably like the next thing to go. Uh, I agree. Whatever, whatever that number's going to be based off of, he's going to get. the the top dollar so
1: side note i couldn't believe um actually signed that long of a deal because i think it's going to be like three or four years and he's going to be like i'm underpaid you know this is ridiculous type thing (laughs) um yeah if not three if not five i mean it's it's going to happen at some point throughout the duration of that contract yeah i wonder what
0: his holdout language is i i don't know what it is off the top of my head i know the guarantees are like way early like i think the chiefs have to basically commit like two years ahead of schedule where most NFL they are like one or the year. So it's of. like a hundred million
1: every two years. Yeah. But,
0: uh, but I mean, yeah, shit. If Mahomes just says, I'm not showing up to camp today, like what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, you have to rip it up and start all over again. So
1: I'm completely with you. All right. Fantasy football. I'm into, I'm on the chiefs as well. I think it's tough to pick against them. I think I would pick them every single year the way they're constructed. Uh, we'll see though, how that continues on. Uh redraft or dynasty. Why?
0: <laughs> you know the answer to that without having to ask. Uh yeah, it's dynasty all day, every day. Um the one, you get to know your owners way better than you do in redraft, because you always have the the comings and goings on the redraft. I feel like you get your core like eight and a twelve team league. Yep. And then it's like, oh yeah, my like cousin's gonna join. It's like, who the fuck is this guy? Yep. Uh so like and and then you know like the two people that know each other, they're the only ones that are going to trade. And because it's like a new relationship every year, those trades just like don't happen. I think like the trading is in the relationship aspect of dynasty is what, what makes it uh, just so much better.
1: I, uh, I completely agree. There's nothing like having a good dynasty team in my opinion. Sorry, not dynasty. team. I mean that too, but uh, (laughs) nothing like having a good dynasty leak. That's just active and people are, you know, shipping, assets left and right and there's a blockbuster every other week or every week and it's just endless kind of drama in a sense so well, yeah
0: that's the thing too is that you know redraft you start one and six you might not log back into that team just because you're like well fuck i'm i'm toast you're but, done yep. but with the keeper or dynasty aspect you're like all right well uh i know one i can play spoiler and keep you know somebody out of the playoffs and two well i can do everything in my power to not be back in this position again next year and start shipping the farm. So, um, so yeah, I think that that definitely sets dynasty apart.
1: What do you think? Cause I am in complete agreement with you. I actually think I'm a good example of kind of the person, at least back in the day where I was just a complete redraft player and we started our first dynasty league. I think it was in 2009 at, uh, our friend Moody's, um, over by uh what was it magic not magic mountain mountasia that apartment over there mm-hmm. off of uh, 161 and um sawmill anyway uh i think i'm the perfect example of somebody who's a redraft player and now i've finally kind of adopted into dynasty but what i really wanted to ask you is why do you think most people uh only do redraft i think it's because i mean or sorry i think redrafts obviously been the namesake but why do you think dynasty is still kind of more of a niche i would say maybe Ten to twenty percent of fantasy players still only do dynasty. Why do you think more people don't
0: embrace it um, at this point in time? Uh, I could see the the rookie class being like a daunting aspect of it. Sure. Um, also, the fact that if you're relatively new to it. I feel like a lot of people are really tentative that they're going to fuck it up. Oh yeah, you, you can definitely do that. It's not impossible to get out of the hole, but you can't put yourself in a hole and then you're you're kind of lighting money on fire for a couple of years while you have to you know, Without stock question. up the cupboard. Uh, we've all kind of been in that situation. I feel like even Moody at this point. Uh, Without question, for the listeners, uh, we have a guy who's basically been in first place for ten years straight. Yeah, finally bottom out uh, thanks to some Antonio Brown uh, shenanigans yeah, last year. Yeah, fantastic. So, we needed that. That was yeah, huge for sure. Pumped some life back in the league. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that it's just that daunting challenge of you're committed to this team for however long you want to be in it. Um, so yeah, I think I feel like just the daily fantasy too. I, honestly, I'd put that number two even ahead of redraft just because it is just so like I'll be paying attention for basically you know you do your research and you pick the team and you just go check Monday morning and it's like, all right, it you, get that, you yeah. get that dopamine hit and you're like, all right, this is great. Or this fucking sucks. And I'm out. Yeah. No strings yep. attached. It's one week. So I feel like that's the happy medium. And I feel like that's probably number two. So no, that's good.
1: I, I have for whatever the reason, still not getting into daily fantasy. I know I would love it. I just have not done it for whatever the reason. I think a lot of the reason why I haven't done daily fantasy is one. I have dynasty still. And I have, I I, I just do one redraft for fun every year. Cause I just got some friends that, and always need a guy, and I'm like, okay, I'll do it. But uh, I think part of the reason why I don't do redraft is I enjoy actually betting individual games. So I have so many different like little things going on. It's like, okay, if I do another one, which eventually I'm gonna do daily because I know I would love it. Uh, it's just well, I, you got to balance all these. I was things, gonna say, so. especially
0: once you get uh, Ohio, you know, legalizing all the way with sports gambling and like, because like DraftKings and FanDuel, they do sports betting as part of that the whole whole app experience like you'd be yeah you'd have your gambling slice on one side of your phone and then you'd have your daily on the other and then you got your redraft and dynasty like you'd be you'd be set right there so it's only a matter of time
1: i completely agree it's coming for me um without question uh i wanted to ask you basically just some simple things on dynasty um how do you go about like constructing your roster and i know it's kind of like a bland question but um, what do you look for, like in players? What do you think is a way for somebody that's just starting in dynasty to really kind of be competitive? What are some early mistakes you made, and you think mistakes that a lot of people make? Um, yeah. as well.
0: Um, so definitely know the uh, the aging curve. You don't. I mean, no player is always going to follow the aging curve, but there's some pretty general rules of thumb that. You know, certain positions peak at certain ages. And, you know, you talked about mistakes you make. Uh, I still have horror, uh, you know, flashback nightmares of trading Julio Jones for uh, Ray Rice. And oof, Ray oof. Rice was just coming off of running back, and I think, player number one overall uh, that one season. And Julio was, he was obviously really good because I would have never been able to get Ray Rice. But he was coming off of one of those, like, kind of injured seasons. And it's like, all right. I mean i'm gonna get the number one player in fantasy and literally within a year and a half ray rice well obviously other things got him out of the league but he was already bad towards the end of that too and it's like okay so rule number one do not trade uh you know transcendent uh wide receiver talents for running backs that are not basically you got to trade for one that's a rookie or second year otherwise it's you're already kind of not behind the curve but like you're never going to recapture what you think you're going to get in my opinion at least so Definitely lean wide receiver heavy. Um, you know, tight ends kind of follow that same uh, aging curve. Um, and then, yeah, just don't don't pay for quarterbacks and be ready for your second and third string running backs to start popping up. So
1: That's a good way to look at it. I think one of the big mistakes people make, too, is they have uh, – and this was when I finally started getting better at Dynasty um, and kind of coming into my own with it one mistake I continually would make is I would have no presence of mind of where my team fit with the other 11 teams in the league. So like you said, you know, I would say 99 times out of 100, I'm not making that trade for Julio Jones, but if I'm getting the number one player and it's Ray Rice and Ray Rice gets me a title, that trade's a win. It doesn't matter what happened. Like I want to have Julio Jones the next eight, nine years, but if I win a chip, that's, that's a win. But I think people make that trade and they don't even—they're not even sniffing a title or around it. Like that's—that's that's the mistake people make all the time. Is like you're a fringe playoff team and you're trading for somebody like that that has like a horizon of maybe two, three years of dominance, whereas Julio has ten, if not twelve, and you just
0: totally destroyed yourself. Yeah, there was a reason why so, I had Julio Jones to begin with. Exactly. Because my team was so bad just two years before, and like you know, football—the your roster can turn over quick enough. Where yep. in three years you might go from last uh, worst to first, but. In most cases, yeah, you're going from worse to kind of like, all right, competitive to kind of like, all right, I'm on the fringe of the playoffs, but yeah, I'm in no position to freaking trade Julio for Ray Rice, so... There's a time um, and place to do that deal, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and There's it's sh- usually not in the off season, and it's probably more towards the end of the season when it's like, yeah, I'm on, you know, week 14, 15, I'm knocking on a championship door, and I need to go get those, like, extra couple points here and there. Correct, and, uh, and
1: that's actually what, like you mentioned, that's what makes, instead of like in redraft where you start one and six and your year's over when your team stinks, you can actually reboot the pooch real quick because of the fact that you have some guys that are probably some vets that are a little bit older that people need that are going into the playoffs. Cause they're in most leagues. There's no, uh, dynasty leagues. There's no trade deadline and you can actually trade some of those guys for valuable picks or assets that can really make your team competitive the next year yeah. very quickly. So, um, yeah, no, that's good. I, I agree on the wide receiver heavy and all that. Um,
0: uh, this say, is, I was going to say one yeah, thing ahead. that yeah. just popped in. Know the contracts, too. Like, no one knows the NFL, CBA, like, back and forth. There's, like, two guys out there in the world that can do that. But yep. at least be aware of, like, you know, this guy could get cut and they don't owe him anything a dime yeah i agree with that and knowing those those kind of like those tea leaves like granted it still happened with todd Gurley, just because the rams wanted him off the team that bad but like going in the offseason you're looking at like there's no chance he's gonna be on the Rams because it's gonna cost him 20 million dollars so they, they bucked the trend on that but knowing those especially with you know mentioning the second third string uh, running backs knowing the starting running backs that have nothing or like a million dollars on the books they're just going to get thrown to the side and those other guys, those younger guys on rookie contracts going to step up. So I think that's another big aspect as well.
1: I, I, uh, I completely agree. That's, that's a very, uh, it's kind of like a, I can almost write an almanac of um, or playbook for not almanac, but playbook for uh, how to start a fantasy team here, a dynasty team, which is what I'm looking for. But uh, another thing I wanted to ask you, cause I do think you're very analytical and I think this kind of plays out with uh, dynasty sports, especially uh, when it comes to value. I've always kind of, looked at you as somebody who looks for value. How do you define it within Dynasty? You know, you're building your roster. Everybody gets, you know, you get your uh, draft picks every year. But how do you, where do you, um, where do you look for value? Like, how do you, how do you describe it in Dynasty? I know it's kind of a very open-ended question, but what, uh, what has been, you mentioned the Julio Jones trade that went against (laughs) you, but what has been one of your best value moves,
0: um, if you can recall one? And what, what kind of is your, I guess, standard for that um, Um, with Dynasty? Well, I was going to say, I, I usually like, especially trying to get rookie picks, I always try to stack them into my own team. Like, pretend like I have picks one through and Moody's League, it's 48. Yep. Pretend I have all those picks. Where would they fall like if my roster was combined with all the rookie picks for a, a certain year? So mm-hmm. that way I know, like, hey, if it's pick 103 and my second guy on the board is still up there. I already know like the the value of what I'd already be comfortable offering. So if a player falls, I'm ready to jump. Uh, granted, that didn't happen at all this year. Yep. Uh, everyone is pretty hell-bent on making their selection. Like 1 through, I think like 13 was pretty much already in the books before the draft started. So Yep, everybody um, knew what they wanted to yeah, yeah, we thing. tried to do that this year, but that, that didn't work out too well. So I think, yeah, and it goes back to your knowing where your team is thing too. That has to do a lot with value because, I mean, you might have a player X that, is valuable but he might not be as valuable to you because you might be a contender and it's like blake jarwin from like two years ago like you're not going to use him so if you can get something for him if it's trade for that frank gore you know week 16 spot start that probably makes sense when you're 14 and one but when you're one and 14 you're giving up blake jarwin for frank gore that's that's you're going the wrong direction there so i'm going through that right now
1: i have in uh two leagues i have in smsh spencer mooney Superflex. Uh, or SF, excuse me uh i am going through that with julio and my other league, arch city um i have julio jones but i have arguably the two the best team in both leagues julio is 31 years old if my team was probably you know third or fourth best or even fifth best julio jones is not on my team i'm moving him right but it's very very hard to let go of him because i still think he's going to be a top five wide receiver this year so it's, like, a very delicate balance, too. But if my team starts, like, two and four, Julio's yeah. moved.
0: Be like, ready to pivot. And exactly. And it's not even two and four. You could be, you know, you could be the first-place team and lose in the first round. Exactly. Sh- ship him in, this, in the championship. It's going to be, you know, it's exactly. sucks to trade him to a team that's going to win. That could have been the team that just beat you. But yep. if you get value out of that, then, yeah, go for it. So... That's what that's what that's why I, that's why I love Dynasty too. Is you could there's so many layers to every single transaction. Have uh,
1: heartbreak and then just boom, <laughs> you ship. who Like in Spencer Moody Superflex last year, uh, great great league name by the way. I did not come up with that. But uh, that last year, going into last year, I looked at my roster and I told Moody, I was like, I am disgusted by this team. Like I have no chance of winning. I don't understand. Like I just like out of all my leagues, this is my worst roster. And then out of nowhere in the span of three months, I just somehow transformed it into, like, a winning team. Um, I got Tyreek from Bush for Peanuts. I think I traded a 20, 20 first round pick for Tyreek Hill. Probably which was a backup running back or six. E- exactly. <laughs> who he traded, like, immediately after. Yep. Um, I, and then I got George Kittle for p- Peanuts from Miles. I forget what that was even about. But, yeah, I mean, while well, you're it's looking just, at
0: Tyreek yeah. – was it last year was the hamstring, right? And Kittle was, I mean, he's been an injury risk. Like if you put yourself in the position where you get some of those breaks to go your way. Huge. Yeah, your team is a championship contender or you know that they aren't and you can pivot again and move George Kittle. Maybe Tyreek is the one that gets hurt. You don't want to sell low. Yep, Kittle's balling out, but your team still sucks. You can trade him. You know, keep an even or even increase your overall value going into the following year, and you're you're ready to roll. So
1: it's a lot like uh, dynasties. A lot like building a like stock portfolio or whatever. Too
0: it's uh, for sure. Yes, yeah, buy sell, low, sell high. Yeah, Selling your winners. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna say that's definitely all the time. Uh, the never satisfied mantra of. uh, <laughs> Buying low, uh, selling high. I mean, I'll buy as low as possible. Me too. Guys. I, you know, I was hanging on to like the Bishop Sankey's, the oh, like Shredwells yeah. oh, Treadwells yeah. of the world. It's just like you know, they got the name cachet, they got the draft capital. If they pop for a week, I know it's smoke and mirrors. So I've had them for freaking three years. But also, someone might be desperate for a wide receiver four when they have their first three guys on by. And it's like, yeah, I'll trade you that, and I'll give you a third, and you give me your second. You move up five picks. You didn't do anything because your roster rostering frickin' Laquan Treadwell not expecting anything. So
1: I completely agree. Um, okay, a little bit more direct. Uh, Dynasty takes CMC or Saquon Barkley? You t- take one right now.
0: I'll go. Well, what? Uh, what's our setup? Are we full half PPR? Great question. We'll go. Uh, we'll go full PPR. Full. I'll still go CMC. But I think if you ask me that question next year, that might finally flip. Uh, that second contract for running backs is devastating, and as fun as it will be to watch him get the ball like 400 times this year that's not going to bode well for his uh, long-term success. So. I don't
1: either, and that's why I actually think Saquon would be the guy. Like, if I'm on the clock right now and I'm going, like I have 10 seconds to make my pick, I think I would take Saquon just because he's a year younger. He has younger, fresher legs just from being injured last year. Um, I expect CMC to have a better year this year. He might even have a better year next year. He might, but Saquon's going to be right there. And I just think Saquon just has a y- longer horizon just because of his age. Yeah, but I, I totally understand the CMC take. Uh, Clyde edwards hilaire JT, or Dobbins?
0: Who's uh, who's the guy for you right now, uh, and why? My guy. Okay, so if you would have asked me this pre-draft, it's actually well, I want to do I'm, this I'm, after our drafts were done because I wouldn't get the real answer. No, 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 no. Pre-pre NFL draft. <laughs> okay. I okay, so I get the Clyde edwards hilaire hype, and I get the fact that he's on the Chiefs. I just don't. I am not comfortable with staking. A pick that's going to cost you, or could fetch you a return like that would be godly. train the 101 this year for a guy that you're basically bumping from four, five, six to one, just because a landing spot. Granted, it is the ultimate landing spot with KC uh, and their just video game arcade offense, but. Uh, I am gonna veer a little bit off of the beaten path with Ceh. Uh, not go him at one. I'll probably actually go. I'll go JT um, one. I'll, I'm gonna go actually JK two because of that same reason uh, as Ceh being so high is where he landed. Um, I mean, yes, yeah, Ceh landed in the perfect team, and he's gonna play year one. J.K. Dommage landed in the perfect team. He just might not play right away. So I I, I think I'd go JT just because of the, the pure talent production. The, He's a stud. Just the raw athleticism. Everything was perfect for him to be number one. So I'm keeping him at one. I'll go J.K. two, um, just because I liked his profile a little bit better than C.E.H. He had the production a longer period of time, and he also wasn't on the best offense ever ever and basically NCAA football history so yep um you know trying to strip away the 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 peripherals and the landing spot what's really there that's why i'm gonna go jk and nceh at three you can't go wrong really with any of the three but when you're at that high level you really got to make that pick uh and you know another reason i love dynasty you gotta like the guys you're picking right? i really do you're gonna root for this guy for potentially like eight years or whatever it might be for a running back it's like a relationship you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like this, there's it. a reason why i still have mike evans i probably should have traded him like five times but you know the fact that i had the i just really liked him coming out i'm like yeah no i'm picking him over sammy Watkins, and i was like oh that's insane it's like no obviously worked out i right. like the guy and yeah i'd probably be having a different tone if he did flop uh you know relative to kind of like sammy did but uh but, yeah, taking the guys I like, I, I like Taylor, J.K. Moore, and, um, you know, landing spot being the, the key differentiator, uh, That's that gives me a little trepidation to, for a reason for picking a guy. So I that's think a long answer for not CEH. No, that's go. good.
1: Um, it's a very good answer. I. It's so tough because I feel like it's so close compared to basically the, the um, attitude I've gotten from a lot of people. Uh, is that uh, you got to go Hilaire one, you got to go JT two, and Dobbins three. Um, but in my opinion, it is so close because I, by far and away, I think, you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire with, uh, Mahomes, you know, you're just in a dream situation. You've seen Kareem Hunt do it. You even saw in the playoffs last year, um, Damian just explode too. There's, you have the precedent of that running back playing with, uh, Mahomes just being incredible, but, um, I, I I think Dobbin's situation is so good with um the uh with Baltimore, the Ravens. And I, I. you obviously you have Ingram there and his year this year I think has such a low ceiling, but um, you know, going forward because
0: Ingram's gone after this year. uh, He's yep. not, you know, know you're that. not going to resign him. He's know 31 your contracts. Yep, exactly.
1: Know your contracts.
0: And he had the calf injury last year. He, he's he's been banked up. It's not. I mean, yeah, he's 30 or 31. So he's been around. But like yep. he has not had a clean bill of health for for a whole season. So like even if you get Dobbins just to kind of peek through and just like have four weeks of just oh my god he's incredible Yep, you could be looking at you know the 101 next year or something you know so
1: completely agree or at least a top 10 player but JT I think is another great one that you mentioned as well in terms of being your number one he's an absolute stud I saw him twice last year uh, in person and he's just destroyed Ohio State at Indianapolis I mean the first half I think he had like 150 yards rushing which was nuts um, we totally shut him down the second half though. Um, that's neither here, nor there, but he, he just physically, um, he's kind of, he, he's very much in the elk. He's not in my opinion, but he's in the elk of the sequins of the world in terms of just physical prowess. I, for my answer would be, cause I all, I all think they have very good attributes, um, in terms of either position slot or where they're at is which one can I get the cheapest? Like, Dobbins getting Dobbins at four or five, to me, I would rather take that all day long than paying the first overall pick for Clyde O'Jalaire.
0: Yeah, actually, yeah, talking about the know your team, know the value. That was my, because Schmidty was putting up 104 on the block. I'm like, you know what? If this is Dobbins, and I think I should have him at two or one, Yep, and I'm going to get him at four, uh, that basically just saved like a first round pick to move up from like you know Correct. theoretically moving up from four to two probably cost you pick ten pick the following 10. year, yep. uh, so or yeah. even that year. I mean yeah that year it's So expensive. Yeah. You're you basically are. Getting a free first round value out of that, so I was ready to do that. Obviously, Moody thwarted those plans by of uh, taking Dobbins at three, and uh, Schmidt wasn't too uh, you know hell bent on trading for, but he threw it out there, and I, I jumped at that right away to make multiple offers within like fifteen minutes. Whereas normally, you know, I take my time and I'm going to break the numbers. That one I was just ready to jump right in. So
1: of course, um, good. I like that. Uh, I like that take with JT.
0: But uh, one QB or two QB, and why? Two QB because you, well, one, every QB is rostered. I think that adds, I mean, it adds the importance to QB. It kind of normalizes the positions, essentially. I wish it was both two QB and two tight end and tight end premium. I think that should be the norm because that way, again, you have to fill out basically every starter uh, is going to be owned throughout the league. You can't go pluck like, you know, like in redraft leagues, like Joe Burrow is probably going to be on waivers or or Minshew at certain points in the season, but with two QB, you, you got them all owned at, at all times. Um, and yeah, I just think it's more fun, you know.
1: I completely agree. And if you have twelve teams in the league, uh, the challenge a lot of times is there's only thirty two starting spots in the NFL. If you are one of the teams um, that don't have three quarterbacks sol or you got to make a trade to make something happen for that bye week
0: right it kind of forces the overall league's hand on let's get some action going because like again like you don't want those i mean i know people do the best ball leagues where you draft and it's over but if you're in a redraft or dynasty league and you guys draft and it's all over it's like well what the hell go play best ball like that's not that's not what we're here for so
1: i I completely agree It, it makes uh makes it much more fun um last one i got for you uh on fantasy dynasty what Who is your most underrated player or sleeper in 2020? Um, You've had no time to prepare for this at all, so I'm giving you a little bit of filibuster to think about it while I'm talking. But who do you think this year has a chance of being pretty special that people aren't talking about? They could be a rookie that's getting taken pick 20. They could be uh, a guy who's been around for a little bit that um, just kind of takes the next step and explodes or had like a pretty promising Year, the last couple years or last year and and takes the next step who who do you see this year as maybe being uh being that guy so or a couple guys whatever you go
0: yeah we'll go with a couple um and i'll, I'll go kind of all over the map because the value can be found in in a bunch of different places whether it's redraft or dynasty um robert woods always comes to mind uh i that's i'm a homer pick because i got him in our in our uh, tmi league but <laughs> He is so consistently wide receiver, like 10 to 14. He's he's kind of... Always undervalued, too. Yeah, he's kind of similar to Jarvis Landry in terms of like, you know what you're going to get, but he's better than Jarvis because he runs a little bit different route tree. Um, and he was just... He, what, he scored like four or six touchdowns last year. If he goes back to what he kind of should have had in a normal year, I mean, if he's hitting double-digit touchdowns with his amount of uh, targets and and yards, he could pop not just... From like fringe wide receiver one, but he could be like a top five wide receiver. And I think, uh, I mean, it's going to be really hard to, you know, unseat those guys that are at the very top, like Michael Thomas isn't going anywhere. Of uh, course. You know, Godwin, um, those type of guys. But, he could be right on the cusp of that, and I mean, if you're getting a guy that is getting drafted at wide receiver, you know, ten through sixteen, and he's going to go up all the way to like top five, that can be a, a league winner right there. At least that's what I'm hoping for with him on one of my squads. I just
1: got offered uh, by Miles, Tyler Boyd, and Hooper straight up for um, Bob Woods. So, I uh, I think you made my decision for me. Yeah, that's an intriguing <laughs> offer. I like it. Is very I, intriguing. I, I like both those guys, but I yeah. like the uh, age difference between Boyd and. Um, Woods, but uh, yeah, I think that uh, you just uh, decided it for me. Yeah, so, so I'll go.
0: I'll go Bobby Trees. Um,
1: I also have Waller at, at tight end, so I'm going to be starting him over Hooper, and Hooper days. will be yeah. right, you know, on the bench. And I have uh, Gaseki on the bench too in that league, so Love. it's like
0: the upside with Hooper is very, very minimal. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, you mentioned him, uh, <laughs> uh him, and then there's like ten tight ends in that like ten to twenty range that go get to. And just wait, because yep. one of them is going to bust out, whether it's Fant, Hawkinson, Gesicki, Johnu Smith, Herndon. Just get two, yep. play your matchups along the way, and I have a full faith that one of them will emerge if, if you get uh, a couple different shares. So that's not really a, a pinpoint answer. I do love Gisicki. Um If I had to pick one, I'd probably, you know, I think I'd go Herndon because of the, the targets, like, if Le'Veon, you know, again, knowing your yep. contracts, knowing the situation beyond what's in the box score, uh, Herndon could be force-fed. He's could be the one or two on that team, and they're going to be losing. So Without question. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting one. And, again, you get that value of going up from, I am going to get this, like, last couple-round pick into someone that should have been drafted in the middle of the draft. You get a free 10 rounds, or you get a free, you know, second-round pick in a dynasty setup, whatever it might be. So I think, I think Herndon's my guy.
1: Those are good ones. Um, you mentioned about losing and stuff, too. A couple of just wild card plays. I think uh, I think he's hurt right now, maybe week one, week two. But um, Perriman, I think, just because they're going to be losing so much. And he was so dominant at the end of the year. I know uh, when you have just Winston just tossing it to the high heavens <laughs> and throwing picks left and right and trying to just score touchdowns, it's uh, you can put produce a lot of, of fantasy points. But I think Perriman, just as a dice roll, is great to have somebody on your bench and um, – for either as flex spot or bye weeks that could just really just go crazy sometimes. And then I think, honestly, pick your wide receiver on, uh, the Jaguars with, uh, Minshew. I think they're going to be losing so much in my opinion that those guys are just going to, it could be, you could see a situation with a DJ, um, chart kind of like, uh, um,
0: a Rob back with, yep, that was back in the day. Shark was on, um, on my, on my list. Uh, and then I think, uh, for a better offense, more refined. I'd I'd go Thielen, too. I think with Diggs' exit, um, Jefferson coming in, they have pieces everywhere you look, but he is so far and above everyone else that's catching the ball that even though, again, it's a limited offense in terms of how many times they're going to throw the game, they still, I mean, it's it's 2020. You're going to have to throw the ball. Completely agree. He is like... Not just one, he is so far above and beyond. he might as well be one, two and three for that team, in my opinion, so I completely agree that's a good take so i think I think Thielen could be another kind of similar to trees where like no one's forgetting about him. <clears throat> He's not falling off the draft board as a league, but again, if you get someone in that wide receiver two range that goes into a top half of wide receiver one, yep, then you're probably gonna win you're not gonna win your league you're gonna be in a, in a position to win though for sure you'll be you'll be competing yep. um for the chip but uh, that's all I got man. anything so, else uh I was going to say, um, Houston, someone has to catch the ball for them. I have no idea a great which one of the three it's going to be. I hope to God it's not uh, Randall Cobb, but it could be. Um, yep. I don't think it will be the running backs uh so it comes down to fuller and cooks i'm um, a cooks homer have been forever but fuller is so tantalizing if uh, he can stay healthy this year i think fuller could have one of those just outlier
1: special years but he never is able to stay healthy exactly so but if he could i mean you could i could easily see him you know 80 1300 and eight, nine i mean he scores way more he he just has the ability when he is healthy and he's played with um watson for the last what four years now mm-hmm. that it's you know that's the one thing between him and Cooks that is
0: that he has the familiarity with Watson. Right. So yeah, and that was the thing with with those other picks of you know Chark, Yep, uh, Thielen and Robert Woods. Like they didn't really change too much year no. over year. So you have that consistency there, and all their positions only got better because of the touches that went out the door with Diggs, Fournette, and then Cooks leaving the Rams. So yeah, I think if you kind of read the tea leaves on on where those uh, touches are going to get sprinkled throughout, I think those are those are three guys you got to look at.
1: I completely agree. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no problem. Time to go play some hoops. Yeah, let's go ball on some some people. Appreciate it, brother. Hope to have you on again soon. Yeah, for sure. We out. Peace. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Refine the Line podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe or leave a comment. We really appreciate all the support. Thank you.